Five Nights at Freddy's demolishes box office expectations with $80 million. Taika Waititi is cut from Thor 5. And Disney released their first image of Snow White and it did not go well. Let's break down this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to another episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast, and another episode of Movie News, where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to. Man, Five Nights at Freddy's blew everybody's hair back at the movie theaters this well, weekend. I wouldn't say it blew people's hair okay, back. The, the box office expectations. Blew yeah. their wallets out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> $80 million opening weekend. For Five Nights at Freddy's, this was projected to be $50 million for Blumhouse. Keep in mind, they spent $25 million on this film, so it's already profiting. It also made $60 million in its international market. So Five Nights at Freddy's is sitting at $130 million for its opening weekend globally, which is a massive hit for Blumhouse. I even saw the story where Jason Blum said even in his own company, he was fighting to get this made. Nobody thought it would work, and nobody thought that anybody wanted to see it. But the fan fever... Is there and social media has been blowing this thing up. Wait, everybody this made who, sixty million overseas. Fifty million, I'm sorry, fifty million overseas. It's Holy already crap. Its total right now is 130 million dollars. It's total on for a the budget first of week. 25. Not to mention it's also streaming on Peacock. That's what's rent. so impressive because you can you can watch it on Peacock or you could go to the theater. So that hasn't really worked out where the, the- theatrical release still makes that much money. The, the movie going experience is back. Not to mention this movie. I saw it. I have some thoughts. <laughs> Was a fan event basically. It was a going an experience to go with your friends. I believe or around fifty percent of movie goers went with two or more friends. Wow! So a bunch of just people who grew up playing this game. I didn't know this game existed until this year. Same. And I went and saw this movie. I thought it was gonna be a like a horror movie to an extent, but it was really like a kids horror movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I didn't find it very scary. There was really no blood, but the trailer I thought it would be like that. I knew it, I thought it'd be more like Megan. Yeah, PG thirteen. I was a little surprised that it was PG thirteen at first, and then because I thought it was gonna be R. But same mm-hmm. thing with Megan, where it's a horror movie, but not very scary. Yeah, and the gore there's not really much of it at all. And I think that this made this movie was geared towards fans of the video game, which I didn't realize how many there were, mm-hmm. but also just a young younger audience versus like the average horror goer, which I think is actually great because it's a movie that gets young people excited to go to the theaters. And it's not really it, not to say it's our cup of tea to see this film, but still, I think that's great that we have an event movie for teenagers to be like, oh, let's leave the house and go to the cinema and see this film together, do that communal experience. This is actually with like, the smartphones out with of smartphones out. Yeah, <laughs> I heard there's some uh, there's some trouble in theaters with people just like having fun. There's but kids these days, yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, it's good for theaters and it's good to get young people excited to go into a theater to watch a film together. So I think that's a great it's it's great news for everyone all around. Yeah, I didn't love the movie, but I guess it just wasn't made for the average it was, horror. It fan. was like really like Chuck E. Cheese vibes in terms of ironically, yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> ironically, even though it kind of is like a movie. It's the Chuck E. Cheese of horror movies. It was okay. It was, it was, yeah, it was a tough one. I hope to, to see a running uh, review soon. Oh, I, yeah, I posted Lose. it yesterday. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. yeah I I'm going to watch that. Five Nights at Freddy's, my uh, running movie review TikTok. <laughs> James loves movies. But uh, moving on to second place at the box office, Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour is still in top five at number two with $12 million at the box office. Killers of the Flower Moon pulled in another $10 million. After Death, a new film about people who I believe they have 
passed away, but then they've been brought back to life. Oh, damn. Talk about their experience, which sounds really interesting. $5.6 million at the box office. Whoa. A new movie I did not know existed called Freelance, starring John Cena and Alison Brie, opened to <laughs> $2.1 million at the box office, oh 0% Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> And a budget of $40 million. <laughs> so the studio, I think it was Relativity Media, is probably going to eat close to $65 million in this movie. Oh, my God. I saw a little clip online today. I didn't know what it was. It was Alison Brie and John Cena. And she's like, what is that? He's like, it's a really big gun. And I'm like, I watched the what trailer. is this movie? Yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Goodness. Uh, the Holdovers. Yes. Got it's limited release. Six theaters. It made $190,000. Pretty excited to check this one out. I love Alexander Payne. And what's cool about the Holdovers is he purposely made it to feel and look like it was shot in the 70s. Yeah, it sounds like completely. it looks like it. Old cameras, old Everything audio. about it, yeah. Old lenses, old cameras, old audio production. And it's just it, that trailer just looks like a time machine. It of does. An old movie. I love it. Really cool. Priscilla also had its limited release. Four theaters. It made $164,000. So those were Damn. great per average screenings for these movies per, per theater averages. Mm -hmm. However, we've seen uh, a high per average theater happen this year earlier with maybe the biggest bomb of the year with Dick's The Musical. We finally got some box office information on this film. It just broke $1 million at the global box office since its limited release in October 6th. And it started in relatively small theaters, but now it's been over 350 theaters, I think. Yeah. And it's just not performing well at all. Yeah, it's per theater average is $311 right now at 350 theaters. So per that's day. Per days. Per theater. So that's not very good for a release. When you, obviously, when you release it in more screens, the per theater average is going to go down. However, you still want it to be around 3000 per theater average on its big opening release. So this is a big disappointment for A24. Whereas you compare it to A24's other film, Priscilla is averaging $40,000 $40, per theater. Only in four theaters, yes. But I expect Priscilla, when it gets expanded to over 300 theaters, to do much better than yeah, Dix. I can see a couple million opening weekend for Priscilla yeah, on, absolutely. on the wide release. So Dix the Musical has just been a huge bomb this year and I, I can't find any box off I mean budget information in this movie I don't know how much it cost yeah I, I looked into it I can't find any budget find, but it looks yeah. like a 20-30 million dollar movie easy. I would say mid-tier mid-range budget for sure yeesh gonna, gonna eat that <laughs> eat that bankroll and uh, Killzilla Flower Moon is closing in on 100 million globally so it's doing pretty well at the box office uh, for a three and a half hour epic rated R film with a lot of competition right now so I think that Killers is actually performing very well although it's not I mean, it's not going to be Oppenheimer numbers, obviously. I mean, $964 million yeah. is tough, tough to beat. But the thing with the way I look at Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'm not making an excuse for the box office performance. First of all, it's Martin Scorsese's best opening weekend ever. Yeah. Well, no, better than Wolf? Yeah, better opening weekend than Wolf. Wow. Second of all, Damn. I don't see Apple having fund this, funded this movie to make a ton of money at the box office because they originally just going to do an Apple TV release. Yes, that was the first plan. So my the way I look at it is Apple made this movie and funded Scorsese on a $200 million rated R three-and-a-half-hour film Yes, as a way to get the prestige of Martin Scorsese, getting a Martin Scorsese picture in your catalog, as well as Oscars. Yeah, I mean, being able to put on your banner for your movie Oscar nominee or Oscar winner or Golden Globe winner for blah, 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 that is really good. The prestige of that really helps – sell a brand and it is a good way to entice people to subscribe to the apple tv so i totally agree because the proof is that they originally planned to do just a limited release the same thing as the killer with netflix limited release a few, a few screens around the country we saw it oh yeah and then 
put it on Apple TV, but now they're doing a wide release. So clearly they're, they, that wasn't their first plan. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And speaking of the killer, we saw it in theaters at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, yeah. If there's an Alamo near you, go to that theater. It's fucking awesome. And it was a great movie. I gave it a four and a half star rating. You gave it a four and a half star rating on Letterboxd, four, four and a half out of five. And it was just a, <laughs> David Fincher's back. Hadn't seen one of his movies on the big screen since Gone Girl. Yeah, 2014. That's nine years without a Fincher movie in theaters. That's wild. Mank was that lockdown streaming only on Netflix. So it was just being able to see his filmmaking on a big screen. uh, It's it's incredible. I could watch the way that guy pans and tilts his camera just like from someone looking at a phone. The way he... The way he photographs everything is just like I could watch it for hours. It doesn't even need to have a story. Movie. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm gonna watch it in November when it comes out on Netflix. But I highly recommend if you're if it's playing near you, check it out. It's very limited release. Yeah. See it in theaters, but it gets its release on Netflix on November 10th. This movie was excellent, and it has a similar tone and aesthetic to Gone Girl and Dragon Tattoo, I feel like. Yeah. It's kind of like that feeling, those two movies combined, as well as obviously David Fincher's really sharp and precise directing. It's very funny, like great wit. And I swear to God, the best fight scene I've seen in years. It was badass dude the movie ended we were we both turned to each other like that fucking fight scene it was oh awesome it was so good it's the best fight i've seen in many years so fincher honestly. directing an excellent fight scene with incredible stunt choreography and stunt coordination and, and a stunt team that knocked it out of the park it was fucking crazy i can't wait to talk about this movie we're gonna do an episode in november once everyone gets a chance to see it yes. but definitely get hyped up for the killer now let's move into the top stories of the week number one being a lot of disney actually <laughs> yeah taika waititi has apparently been fired from thor 5 he originally signed on to make three thor films in 2013 when he signed on and since nobody was very happy with the last thor film thor 11 thunder it seems as though Marvel is reportedly seeking a new director to take over the franchise. Ironically, they handcuffed the hell out of him with that movie because there's supposed to be a ton of gore scenes that got cut. Yeah, but I mean, it's not even like... It, I don't think some more gore scenes would have made the movie better, that much better. I think it might have. I mean, it could have improved it a little bit, but it wouldn't have been that much better. Like if there's scenes of gore actually killing other gods. Yeah, but um, for me, the humor didn't really work in that movie. Yeah, just... yeah. I did cry at the end, though. I did cry. Well, I mean... Yeah, a little, little of the right music and, you know, a little girl crying. Let's we'll get you. No, it's Natalie Dye. Natalie Dye, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, well, what got me, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a great actress. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I didn't love Thor Love and Thunder. I don't think a lot of people did. Nobody did. <laughs> and so 
Taika, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does for his next films because he has the 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 soccer movie that just came out with Michael Fassbender yeah, as well. I, I like when Taika operates outside of the MCU. I really do. Yeah, and I think he's a great filmmaker and storyteller. So I think this isn't the worst news in the world for him. You know, sometimes it's tough to get out of these long term Marvel contracts for directors and actors. So mm-hmm. maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, and you know the word fired. It's so so. It's such a strong word. Maybe it was just sorry. Like, is the headline? Yeah, let I know, go. I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> was like, I wasn't fired. I was let go. But you wouldn't know the difference, anyways. <laughs> Sick reference, bro. He references are out of control. Oh man! But Step he made brothers. his bag already, man. Yeah, he made he lots made of bag. bag. <laughs> He's got quite the bank account. Moving on to more Disney. So two <laughs> things on Snow White. So first of all, Disney finally released their first image of Snow White, starring Rachel Zegler in the lead role. And it's her with the seven dwarfs, which everyone's surprised to see. However, they are all animated in CGI, and it does not look terrific. I can't wait to see it in motion. It borderline <laughs> looks like an AI-generated image outside of Zegler. It borderline kind of does. <laughs> and it's getting demolished online. I mean, it's- are they surprised? What did they expect was the reaction that was going to happen when they posted this photo? I'm so confused because of the, the, the set photos behind the scenes of the seven magical creatures, right? Of the humans... Yeah, but then everyone thought that that meant that they cut the dwarfs from the and, film, and no little people were actually hired for the film. Exactly, except for maybe one. I think there was yeah, one there's one in that who was hired yeah. for the seven magical creatures, and then obviously they cut uh, the seven dwarfs from the title. It's just called Snow White now, but this image is getting demolished. Snow White doesn't. Snow White doesn't need anybody. She doesn't need any dwarfs. It's just the, the CGI looks really, really bad, even for a still. I'm really looking forward to seeing that scene in motion because it looks bad. <laughs> well, it's gonna take a while because Disney has delayed Snow White all the way from March 2024 to March 2025. What? Oh my god! Which I'm assuming means there's gonna be massive rewrites and reshoots. That's usually what it is because you know you can only <laughs> use the, you can only use the SAG excuse for such a long time because this film's already supposedly been shot. It's already done. So they're pushing it a whole year. So they're remaking the movie. Sounds like they're it. remaking the movie. So they're. So I want to see the original version. Me too, man. I want to see what they did. But this is just common practice with Disney. Uh, Disney these days. I mean, Indiana Jones Five that got delayed so many times with tons of reshoots as well. So it seems like Snow White is kind of getting either remade or something, or just maybe being overhauled. Dude, an entire year, a whole year in a movie that was already finished filming. They're doing so many changes to that. I just. Man, I want to see the original version of this film now. I'm very curious to see because they wouldn't they they wouldn't push it back a year if they weren't making insanely um, huge changes to huge this. changes, huge massive changes. <laughs> oh my god! And I think they saw the backlash from <laughs> the last six months. And oh my goodness, wild wild stuff. But also they've pushed back Elio a whole year. Hmm. This film is going to come out. In March 2024 as well, but it's been pushed to June 2025. Maybe they're changing that one too. A Pixar film. Sounds like they're going to change that quite a bit as well. And then, I feel like every other week we have crazy Disney delays of their films. And you know, a lot of it you could have, you can say the, the SAG situation and the strike ongoing, which fortunately there's negotiations happening all weekend. So maybe that's good news that something's going to happen very soon that the SAG strike will end. But I mean, when it comes to like an animated film with Pixar's Elio and then with Snow White, which has already been shot. Yeah. I mean, is that, is that really quite the, an excuse you can keep using? No, I, I imagine that Elio already recorded its actors months and months ago. 100%. And it's just they're in the animation process, which is it takes years. So that's been pushed back 16 months 
My God. Almost 15 so They're going to make a whole new movie again. Also, Disney has removed Jonathan Major's magazine dreams from its calendar. They may not even release that movie now. Oh, sh- well, he's on trial, so I think they're just going to see what happens with the trial. Yeah, I don't they're know. They're going to wait until that situation. Yeah, so he's about to undergo his trial. I think he they may have started. I'm not sure. I haven't read well, I know too he much. Was, in- it, was, it was like months ago that he was He's a, doing a new trial, right? court. Yeah, something. But So I'm sure they're going to wait to see what, how that ends and see, all right, should we release this or should we just throw us in the trash? Jeez, Disney pushing two movies back a whole year and removing one entirely. There's another unfortunate delay. So Tom Cruise is... No! No! Yeah, Tom Cruise's next Mission Impossible film... Oh my god, I didn't know this! ...has been delayed to 2025. They're also changing the title. So, obviously, the first title of Mission Impossible 7 was quite the mouthful. Mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning Part 1. No, it wasn't called 7. It was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Quite a lot to say. Yes, a bit. A lot a of lot, syllables. Lot, not just syllables, but a lot of, like, uh, symbols. And also, we like, have a semicolon, we yeah, have a dash. Yeah. <laughs> and the text, like the text on the poster, was just there's so many words. I always thought it was too many words. So, the eighth installment of the Action Spy franchise will be dropping the second half of its previous title, Dead Reckoning Part Two, with a new title expected to be announced later this year. They haven't picked a specific release date, but it's going to be uh, summer 2024. No, 2025. 2025. 2025. God damn it! Fucking amen. I thought we were getting three years in a row of Tom Cruise summer movies. I mean, this is why he and a few other Hollywood heavyweights were trying to push negotiations to come to an end. They were tr- like, they were Tom and a, a few other big names were trying to get the sides to agree on things, just because they had to keep the machine of Hollywood running for their films. So, unfortunately, we're not going to get another Mission Impossible movie till 2025. Yeah, because they, were, they weren't done filming, right? They, were they still, weren't done they filming. They were still in production. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. They still had a lot to do. They, I mean, it would be coming out. Listen, Tom's getting, uh, he's getting up there in age. Every- I know, yeah. Let's, and PTP, let's go. Come on. <laughs> get this Come settled. On. My God. Just pay them. Just pay them so we can get pay, Tom Cruise's movies. Pay that man his money. Pay that man his money. <laughs> he beat me fair and square. It's <laughs> a like reference, bro. <laughs> All right, next up. The GOAT. Martin Scorsese has joined Letterboxd. Let's he go. also opened up his uh, he he uh, his coming out party was he dropped really cool lists about his favorite films and films that he thinks work as companion pieces to watch together. Definitely check out his two lists that he dropped. They have some amazing movies. I've added some to my watch list, and I just can't wait to see Martin Scorsese. He's already logged four films. Um, so I'm, this is just awesome. News. And he's left ratings for every Marvel movie. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. He also uh, reviewed Midnight Ruin and gave it five stars. Five out of five. <laughs> this is cinema. Peak cinema. <laughs> he wrote peak cinema, yeah. <laughs> On God for real, for real. <laughs> Say less, fam. Say less. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to some Daredevil news. Now, remember, last time we talked about Daredevil Born Again, the reset button had been hit on this because... They were at four episodes in the can on production, and they finally watched it. The producers finally watched the show, and they're like, oh, we can't release this show. Is this what you guys have been doing? We we can't release this. He's not even in a suit. It's just a courtroom drama. If we wanted a courtroom drama, we'd write Law & Order or some shit. So they hit the reset button, and it's been announced that Dario Scardapane from The Punisher is set as showrunner for Daredevil Born Again, and Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead from Loki Season 2 are set to direct. 
So it seems like they went with uh, experienced people in the in this in, in this part. And it, I mean, Loki yeah. season two, people are saying it's terrific, and it, it looks, looks really well yeah. made. And they actually built sets and everything, which is really cool. And I saw this sad quote where the production designer for Loki season two said that they had to fight basically tooth and nail to actually get to build sets for that show. <laughs> and that's sad that like it's the day and age where fighting to build real sets. Ceilings, walls, and floors. It's just like <laughs> such a tough thing to do with some of these studios these days. Man, they got the money. I don't understand it, man. They have so much money. So it looks like Marvel's like, let's get some people who have already proven themselves with the uh, showrunner of Punisher. I, I I never saw Punisher, but I, I know people enjoyed Punisher. People loved it, and then people yeah. loved the Netflix Daredevil show. And I mean... How does the show not open up with Daredevil in costume killing, like beating the fuck out of killing somebody? somebody. <laughs> well, yeah, sure, kill somebody. But beat the fuck out of somebody. James's Daredevil is a killer. He kills people. He doesn't kill people. Well, beats the fuck yeah, out of Yeah, he'll beat the fuck out of them. How does he not them? do that? How is that not the opening scene of your Daredevil TV show? Like, what are you opening the show with? I don't understand. What are you, what are you opening the show with? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? I that? would love to see those episodes. <laughs> I will pay money, good money, to see what they came up with. Just like the original Snow White? Absolutely. I will... <laughs> I would pay to see Just that. release it, I Disney. would pay good money to see the, the original ending of Indiana Jones 5. Oh, I really want to. Based on all the rumors. Yeah. I really I, I will, Disney, I will pay money to see Daredevil. I want to see that first cut of Indy 5. I, I want to really see the will. first script. <laughs> <laughs> Indy's killed within 10 minutes. <laughs> no, it's getting, not your movie anymore, Indiana Jones. <laughs> getting too old for this. Uh, sorry, we're, we're beating up Rachel Zegler today, but this is just the news today. So no, Pat, I'm beating her up. All right, Paddington 3 has just announced that it's still set to release November 2025. However, they have dropped Rachel Zegler from the film because the film is a UK production and she is a member of SAG. UK Equity is not involved in the strike, so that's the actors' union out there. So they're going to continue making the film, and they dropped her because they need to get production underway, so they're pr- going to replace her with, my guess, is some UK actress. Yeah, so it's not because they don't like her. Yeah. She's great. It's just because she's They gotta get the ball rolling. Yeah, they gotta make the movie. Yeah, (laughs) so they're gonna go, they're obviously gonna replace her with the UK actress. And again, the SAG after strike is just America. Yeah. Cool. Moving on to The Black Phone is getting its sequel. I like the first film. A lot. (laughs) Someone DM'd us the other day. They're like, I remember you guys talked about how much you like the Black Phone because they're not going to make a sequel because of how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> and they sent me a link to this announcement. I was like, fuck. You think they're not going to go in on this? Come on. It made $130 million. So yeah, it, it did. On hit. like a $14 million budget. Yeah. Black Phone 2 is going to get released on June 27th, 2025. This is Blumhouse as well, right? Yes. Man, Blumhouse is killing it. Well, And this one is rated R. If, wait, no, I, no, it was PG-13. No, it was R. It was R? Yeah. There's some messed up stuff happens in that movie, like, man. I, I don't think there was any messed up stuff. I'm pretty sure that Black Phone was... Let me no, there's no gore or anything. It was just like ghosts There's and some stuff. gore in that movie, man. Nah, I don't think so. I don't want to spo- There's some gore in there. All right, it's disturbing, sh- man. I mean, it's disturbing, but it does, I don't think it's rated Black R. Black Phone is rated Ah. Nice, all right. Rated Ah. Yeah, right. man, just the concept. Like, that movie with the grabber, that's just... The grabber. That has to be rated R. Yeah, all right, makes sense. All right, Kills of a Flower Noon news. News. Noon? So... Some theaters around the country have actually put intermissions into the film uh, without the permission from Paramount or Scorsese or the producers. And now Paramount and Scorsese are wicked pissed off about this. Vigilantes. (laughs) So they are making sure that nobody is putting intermissions into the three-and-a-half-hour film uh, for theatrical releases. Yep, I believe some parts of the UK, they actually implemented intermissions Mm -hmm. back into theaters, but that's different than America. 
So this was not cool. It was to done do. without permission. Yeah. yeah, it was done without permission. Just a bunch of rogue vigilantes out there. I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I love. I wish intermissions were back, but still, like, you should not be disrupting a Scorsese picture when you're not supposed to. If the film's not designed to have an intermission, then yeah. don't. Yeah, like Hateful Eight was designed designed with a five minute intermission in, yeah. in it. That was during the film's Go release. to the bathroom. Like, yeah. God forbid. Like, if you have to pee, just go pee and yeah. come back. I know you want to not miss a second of it, which is also great, but just, I think Martin would be fine with you going to the bathroom. Yeah, he'd be fine. With and it. also, just don't drink any fluids for, like, three hours before the movie. <laughs> Dehydrate yourself. Yeah. You, don't, you, don't have to, like, you don't have to, like, walk through the desert or anything. <laughs> you're not going in a weigh-in for in, go a, into, a boxing yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go in. You're not cutting to fight someone in the UFC. Just go in a little thirsty. And you'll be good. <laughs> All right, Wear a diaper, bro. <laughs> Catheter, man. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't smell that bad. <laughs> Except for what it spilled. Just <laughs> so Anthony's catheter just emptied onto the floor. Sorry, guys. <laughs> didn't even have a bag. <laughs> Living my truth, man. All right, next up. Henry Cavill and his Highlander reboot has officially been confirmed and is going to start production next year. So Cavill is starring in this film from... Chad Stahelski no is directing way. this. This will begin filming sometime in 2024, and the budget was finally released. It's upwards of $100 million. So we can expect a huge epic out of this. I'm looking forward to this. I think Cavill would be great for Highlander. Cavill with a giant sword? Yes. Sign me up. Why don't they just make him Conan? Especially with how like dirty he got done with uh, The Witcher Man. Oh, yeah. Dude, Witcher just let him down so hard. So give me... Him in like a period piece setting, let's go. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing Stahelski doing something outside of Wyke. John Wick. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because I know he's going to do Ghost of Tsushima, but that's probably going to take a while. Take a little while to yeah. develop. Let's get into the latest trailers. Not a ton, but we have three that we'd love to talk to you about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So Bradley Cooper's Maestro finally got its first full-length trailer. We got a teaser mm -hmm. like a month ago, and it looked sensational, but we got a full-length trailer. It just dropped last week. I mean, this this past week, it looks really, really good. It looks stunning. It looks beautiful. Incredible filmmaking. It looks just like classical filmmaking. Yeah. It looks like a movie from the 50s. Yeah, Bradley is like, man, he's a real artist behind the camera, man. Uh, sensational. I mean, I am just... It gave me goosebumps watching this trailer. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, with Mahler's um, Symphony Five playing, I mean, it's just insane. I mean, we have goosebumps. a best picture contender, I think, clearly. He's a contender. So, like, Oppenheimer and Kills of the Flower Moon and Maestro are the top three, I think, this year. And he looks terrific. We got a lot more of him in the character. Yeah, his lead actor. Bernstein, and he looks yeah. sensational. Next up, we got a trailer for Lisa Frankenstein, which we mentioned last week when it released its poster. This is written by Diablo Cody and directed by Zelda Williams and stars... Uh, oh, what's the... I'm sorry, the actress from Ant-Man. Her, she's the lead. Oh, that's who yeah. that... I and, thought she looked familiar. And then Cole Sprouse plays the uh, the monster. And so it's about this teenage girl who has... Uh, who's trying to find a boyfriend. She can't... She has no luck in love. And then she... But she has a thing for this dead body. No, it's a statue. statue. Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. So I think there's a body buried, but she like is obsessed with the statue yeah. of him. Of, of him. Okay, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And then she reanimates its corpse and then... With they a tanning bed. Yeah, and they become a couple, and they start killing people, apparently. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Like, I love Jennifer's body. I love Juno. I think Diablo Cody is such a sharp and, and witty writer. And Zelda Williams is Robin Williams' daughter. I think this is her feature-length debut for directing. So I'm very intrigued by this movie. It looks like a lot of fun. A great modern Frankenstein film. Yeah. And sign me up. Yeah. The final trailer we want to talk about 
is a new film from Steve McQueen. He's developing Blitz, which is going to be a World War II drama. Obviously, I think about the bombings of London by the Nazi Germany. So I can't wait to see that film. It's going to be for Apple TV, I'm sure, with a release. But he's making he made a documentary for Apple TV as well called Occupied City. Now, this is a World War II document documentary about the occupation of Amsterdam about the occupation of Amsterdam by Nazi Germany in the 1930s, I mean 1940s. However, the film, it's a really powerful trailer. There's no footage of World War II at all in the trailer. I'm sure the movie will have it. The film is mostly contemporary footage of Amsterdam, of the city. So the past collides with the present in this excavation of the Nazi occupation of Amsterdam, a journey from World War II to recent years of pandemic and protest and provocative, life-affirming reflection on memory, time, and what's to come. So he basically juxtaposes World War II with the present day and the issues in our world today in a really powerful way, and the trailer looks sensational. He's one of the best directors alive, in my opinion, and he always makes really fascinating choices as a director. The trailer looks incredible. Like, man, I got I got goosebumps from it. I love Steve McQueen, man. I mean, obviously everyone's seen 12 Years a Slave. I'm sure a lot of people have seen Widows, but definitely watch Hunger and Shame. Those movies are terrific. And he made uh, a few uh, films on Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Small acts. Yeah. yeah, those are great. All right, next up, The Hunger Games prequel. A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is projected to gross $50 million at its opening weekend at the box office and a domestic total of $200 million. Very low for the franchise. It's actually going to be franchise lows all around. However, it's the cheapest made of the franchise with a $100 million budget. Um, so it looks like it will profit. It just won't be like as big a hit. It, the hunger for the Hunger Games isn't quite there like it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some interesting news about a poll that was done and apparently Gen Z wants less sex in movies and TV. A new study conducted by UCLA found that American viewers between the ages of 10 and 24 want to see less sex on screen. They just want to see it on their phones on Pornhub. In fact... But <laughs> <laughs> only fans, bro. In fact, a slight majority... <laughs> I added the last part. 51% of the 1,500 survey. But also, let's take into account the people who actually are abs- willing to take a survey. Yeah, yeah, yeah said they wanted to see more content about platonic relationships and friendships, while 45, 47% said sex isn't needed for most TV shows and movies, with 44% feeling romance is overused. Also, 44% say and agree with the statement saying that they would rather clean the toilets than go on an online date. Perhaps more surprising revelation was the majority of those surveyed, 56%, preferred to watch original stories rather than franchises, adaptations and remakes so that's at least one thing they have in common with older viewers so they'd rather clean a toilet than go on a date so i think i understand what they're what they're saying and i understand that well they didn't pulse i don't think it was yeah. ucla <laughs> students i think just like they found 1500 people online. okay gotcha but i mean um, they probably did it online so like who are the kinds of people taking the surveys yeah um <clears throat> but also i mean i i get both sides sometimes i mean someone who isn't comfortable with sex and sex gets thrown into a movie, and they're made uncomfortable by that. I understand that. However, I also think that, you know, sex is, a, is such a major part of life. It's such a uh, important part of life, and it's it's as vital to life as, you know, eating and drinking and a job. And it tells, I mean, um, who who people have sex with is just as important to their character as anything else. So it's a, it's a if you're going to tell someone's story and you want to, you know, be as or just a, romance. Yeah, romance. Sex, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I enjoy sex in movies. And I enjoy romance in movies when it works. Sometimes it doesn't work, but I think you know it's part of life. And if you're going to portray a person and try and put someone's life on screen, um, you have to put every part of that 
person's experience in on the screen. So for me, it seems to be a, a vital part of uh, being a human being in a lot of ways. So I, I think it is important to have sex on screen. Um, but I do think that it could be limited more and it could definitely be restricted a little bit more. Not restricted, but um, done less often. Um, and when it, it doesn't really add to the story, definitely don't need it. But I do think that we still need it in certain films, for sure. Yeah, it's not like the 80s or 90s anymore. Yeah, exactly. Bow, 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 bow. It's like every action movie, the guy hooked up with the girl in the 80s. You know what I mean? That's kind of the thing. But obviously that's, that's gone now. Um, but I do think there's always a place for it. For sure, in, in in certain contexts, absolutely. Yeah, let's move on to some more news. But also, I mean, I love romance. I, yeah. I, 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 we don't need romance in every movie, but I love you know, it. I do like a little romance. So it makes me smile when yeah. I watch movies. Yeah, I mean, like Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell just flirting in Mission Impossible Seven. I mean, it's it's fun. You know? But it's not like I wouldn't even really classify that too much as romance. But still, it's, it's, but they're it flirting. Adds, yeah. It adds something that's yeah. good, and I think it adds a little little seasoning. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, a little pizzazz. Yeah, you gotta put some seasoning on, oh, yeah. on your steak, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, like either salt and pepper or just salt. Garlic or like, powder. No, I got this great steak rubs. This, this great salt si oh, yeah. steak rub. Salt seasoning, yeah. Steak mix. Yeah. It's, I've it's, used it. It's yeah. terrific. It's great. It's so, so good. Moving on. Yeah. I just think it depends on the context, yeah. Anthony loves sex. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Shoot me. Daniel, Rad Daniel Radcliffe also loves sex. <laughs> He's, no, I'm just kidding. Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> partners up. I'm sure he does. Daniel Radcliffe partners up. <laughs> partners up with Harry Potter stunt double who was paralyzed after Deathly Hallows' accident for a documentary with David Holmes, longtime stunt double. They're making a documentary about his life. Holmes was brought onto the film franchise ahead of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And over the course of 10 years, he and Radcliffe formed an inextricable bond. However, in the penultimate film, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 1, Holmes had a tragic accident on set that left him paralyzed after a spinal, in in spinal injury. As Daniel and his closest stunt colleagues rallied to support David and his family in their moment of need, it's David's extraordinary spirit of resilience that becomes their greatest source of strength and inspiration. I believe it was a wire stunt during the um, opening chase in Deathly Hallows oh, man. with uh, Hagrid being him being chased by the Death Eaters. It's really, really yeah. sad. And he also has a production company, too, which is really awesome. Yeah. But yeah. I that, think that's awesome. That sounds like a great documentary. I want to check that out for sure. Next up, Josh Hartnett news. Let's go, Josh. He's back, baby. Josh Hartnett will lead M. Night Shyamalan's next feature film. Uh, it's currently shooting and was once known as Trap, but is now shooting under the title Good Grades. So in June, Shyamalan confirmed the feature is a psychological thriller. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's rom-com. We don't even need to put that, M. M. Night. Night, you don't even have to put that. We know it's going to be a psychological thriller no matter what you fucking make. <laughs> at, set at a concert, Hartnett is playing a father who gets stuck in the event after taking his daughter to the concert. The twist is he is the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> he Dad, has no daughter. Daddy's girl. <laughs> Josh Hartnett, Oppenheimer, let's go. Oh, yeah, let's go. Lead man. roles again. I love roll. to see it. The king is back. The king, <laughs> the is, king back. is back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I guess he was a king. Yeah, he was. A, yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. So we got some David Fincher news. <laughs> He was going to make World War Z sequels? Yeah, so it was announced um, probably two years after the film came out that he was brought on for a sequel. I don't remember Brad that. Brad Pitt brought him on. That's you don't remember cool. that? 
Maybe I do. We were super jazzed about it, bro. Jazzed, bro. <laughs> this is a long time ago, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But I um, was inebriated half the time back then. Just they, kidding. the original director Jay Boyena, he dropped out of the film to make other stuff, and he went on to make some really, really good films. And so Brad Pitt brought on David Fincher, and Fincher was actually circling that and Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea at the same time. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, both with Brad Pitt, and they were both kind of in production hell. And then this one, just just like the other film, never ended up getting made. However, he did say their sequel would have been quite a bit like The Last of Us. And he said, I'm glad we didn't do what we were doing because The Last of Us has a lot more real estate to explore the same stuff. And so in our title sequence, we were going to use that little parasite. They used it in their title sequence and in that wonderful opening with the Dick Cavett, David Frost-style talk show. So um, he's just basically saying Last of Us has a lot more freedom with their storytelling and what they can do. And they would have been more restricted with World War Z. So it probably worked out for the better. Um, but I do, I mean, David Fincher making a giant zombie action movie. I mean, that would have been so mad- amazing, man. That would have been really cool. With, with Brad in the lead, man. Speaking of David Fincher opening tell sequences, the one for the killer is awesome. Dude, I was it's smiling. So Once it started, I was like, oh my God, I, I missed these. Yeah, I, I love uh, Fincher's opening credits and it, it does not disappoint. All CGI. Yeah, it looks terrific. It is incredible. It looks really, really good. And again, check it out if you can. So that wraps movie news this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have some news. So on Patreon, we are going to be pushing all and sending all of our episodes ad-free for minimum $5 or more. We know... So many of you understand that we have to put ads in our show because we got to pay the rent Mm -hmm. in order to do this show. So the ads are the reason why we can do that. And also, we want to give patrons, though, the opportunity to listen to the show ad-free. So every episode of the show will be available on Patreon ad-free for a minimum tier of $5. So go ahead and sign up for $5 a month. You'll get every episode without ads. And you'll also be able to listen to it on the Patreon Spotify page as well. Yeah, so if you want, you can connect your Patreon with Spotify and just listen ad-free on Spotify. Very exciting stuff. Super cool stuff. Also, episodes upcoming. We are doing Halloween tomorrow. Tomorrow's October 30th. And then on Wednesday, we had the Shits and Gigs podcast on our podcast, guests in our studio in LA. It's a big week. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a hilarious conversation with them. They're great guys. They're from, a top from the five podcast on Spotify. In and the they're world. here from the UK. They're visiting America in Los Angeles. They did a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of shows, kind mm. of dipping their toes in the water of a potential US tour. So Shits and Gigs on Wednesday, it was hysterical, those guys. James and Fuhad, they are hilarious guys. I was cackling editing. Really it. sweet yeah. dudes. It was, it was really cool to have them in Los Angeles, in studio, in person. Finally got to meet them. We've been friends with them for three years. That was so cool. So don't miss that. Again, Halloween on, on Monday to celebrate Halloween, of course. Mm-hmm. We're doing the original classic. And then we have... V for Vendetta coming out November 6th. Obviously, the 5th of November is a Sunday. We can't skip movie news. Yes, movie news has to post. But on November 6th, next Monday, remember, remember, the 6th of November. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds right, right? That sounds about right. (laughs) But thank you again for tuning in so much. Leave those five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple. Share this show. Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Share the load. Share the load. Share the show with your friends and family members. It's the best way for our podcast to grow and flourish and rise in the charts like anthony's doing a bird bird yeah it's a cute bird with his hands he's, he's making a bird flapping its wings you gotta oh, be yeah. more majestic all right yeah more majestic yeah, here flowy it's like a slow motion bird it's and then sw- like 
<laughs> All right, take care, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.